0: Welcome to the Trey Blanco Podcast and Grill. We have a fine assortment of hot takes and bad predictions for you to sample this evening. On today's menu, the Cowboys. Today's special is the Cowboys. So you'll be having the Cowboys? Fine selection, sir. Now, here's your head chef. Um he's not really a chef. Well, Trey Blanco and his faithful busboy, Daniel Davidson. Papal!
1: Welcome back, N-Y. y'all. How you doing, Dan? What up, homie? Back again. Made it back, baby. We, we get t- canceled. We yeah. passed
0: the test. We passed the yeah. test. And so, uh, now we got the name right, y'all. So I want to welcome you guys. <laughs> Trey Blanco's podcast and grill. Yeah. Sponsored by The Weekend to Take. No,
1: affiliated, <laughs> not sponsored uh, by Full. Dang, so close. <laughs>
0: affiliated with the Weekend, the Weekend to Take. Affiliated with The Weekend to Take and The Weekend to Take Universe. So anyway, I'm your boy, Trey Blanco, a.k.a. Ed White, the actual third. I got my boy, David Davidson, here with me. Speak to the people, Daniel. What they do, baby. That's yes, right. And as always, our lovely producer, D.R. Lewis Third. Not
1: the third. <laughs> Is he lovely? Hey, you feel man. lovely, Derek?
0: Hey, hey, I don't I don't know. I got mystery. Dog, I'm just here, dog. I'm just in the back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the back. Hey, I feel <laughs> like say less, say less, say less, fam. Say less.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like the people liked your little chimes in, man. So you know, just chime in every now and then. Correct us. I, I will be here. And with that said, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, brother. Goodbye. Goodbye. So Daniel, it's football week, my brother. Sunday.
1: Well, before we get started with that, oh, yeah, I want to actually ask you. So how do you actually feel about our new uh intro theme music type deal? You feel oh about yeah, them? we actually
0: do gotta talk about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure y'all heard so, about you heard it by now, you know. Yeah, so we want to so, kind of give you a little bit of feedback. That was a little so, gift like, to us from our producer. So yeah. I mean,
0: so you know, I love the Thespian popular huff, and like he he did add like a he added like a little little thing to it, but I was thinking, like, we're grilling. We're not like serving no etiquette meal or anything like that. We're serving some etiquette steaks, but we're out here grilling. So I'm thinking, like, outside barbecue style, like grilling, not. Yeah, no- yeah.
1: While that that might be true, though, I think we also are both considered distinguished gentlemen ourselves. So yeah, you know, we have that the higher etiquette, we have that advanced palate. So it kind of matches to kind of what we want to give to the people as you right. ourselves being at that that higher end in terms yeah. of knowledge and, and, and podcasting.
0: You're right. So I can deal with the music. I just don't like the shots that he threw at us, man. Because uh, you, 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 you're not a boy, my brother. You, you a sous chef. You a sous chef.
1: And if and if I am a busboy, I hope I rise above my station pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting in the, putting in that work, so hopefully I can yeah get to sous chef something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you it caught, the music kind of caught me off guard a little bit though, but like Terrell did a little spin on it. I kind of I like the spin that he kind of did, I like I like it. And so if he's able to if he mixes this up every week, I, I'm interested to see what he'll do with it. But
1: uh, yeah, so just want to get our take on that. You know, just want to get too bogged down that. But shout out to Terrell <laughs> Huff. You know what I'm saying, lending some just of his five, talents man. to help help us out. Though, so I yeah, appreciate your man. Doing so big, yeah, let's get it.
0: The true the true actor of our of our core.
1: <laughs> you learn.
0: So uh, let's before I get to what we're gonna talk about today, uh, let me. I forgot. I gotta explain the podcast. And so again, it's my second time hosting the podcast. So I'm, I'll get better. Third time, I'll be better. First time. So let me let me explain what we do. So what this podcast is, we're gonna talk some. X and O football. We're going to definitely focus on Dallas Cowboys, but we also got the NFL right. to talk about at the same time. So we'll spend a little bit more deep time talking about Cowboys, going to big detail, different matches going on, different things that happened throughout the year with the Cowboys. And we also touch on the NFL topics uh, like signings, big games are coming up, uh, big things that we see throughout the week that we notice. And so I uh, hope you I hope all guys enjoy it. Again, we're talking X's, X's and O's from two elegant young men who know football. Is that, get it. A, is that a good intro? Did I get a thumbs up for the producer? Got a thumbs
1: better, up for yeah. the producer. Let's good do this, job, man. man. Let's do <laughs> that growth in, in my brother. There you go, man.
0: Let's do this. Daniel. So, again, so back to Heather. week one. A couple days away. Actually, week one yeah. starts on Thursday, so we got, we got Thursday mm-hmm. night football. week one. So, what are uh, you Let's go with rosters real quick. Before we start talking about the games and all that, let's talk about the roster. So let's focus on the Cowboys, man. How are you right now feeling about this final roster?
1: Um, not as good as I did initially, just because we've had a few big time injuries. Of course, Leo Collins being out. Um, Sean Lee just kind of expected at some point he's gonna be out. Um, they even brought out the like the funnel. I guess the unofficial diff chart and such. And some of those we can touch on a little, little bit later. Some of those kind of has some concerns in terms of who's starting where. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not feeling as great as I did our last podcast, but I'm still actually pretty confident in the team overall. It's just that some stuff that's coming out is kind of concerning, but at some point you got to trust the coaching staff in terms of their decisions. Um, you know, injuries happen to every team. So you kind of have to make man up mentality. So you got to kind of wait and see how they all mesh when we actually start playing the game.
0: Exactly man and right I felt the same way man there's a couple surprises I saw on the cut list uh, actually not a couple but the one big one um I'll, I'll let you touch that later because that's, that's that kind of falls into what you were talking about last week but I mean we talk about we know uh the cow I'm looking at the roster what they're carrying right now they're carrying the four tight ends um they're carrying let's see 10 dBs of and they're carrying three QBs going into it, and there was a surprise pick. There was a surprise for me, as the fact that they're carrying three running backs with Rico uh, Dowdle. I was shocked that he actually made the team. They were talking about him being on the practice squad, so I was actually surprised that he made the team. And the fact that another big surprise was uh, us carrying four tight ends, even though one of them will be shifting to the H back. But I was just a little bit surprised. And one of the I'll, uh, before we get to the cuts, because my surprise cut was your biggest pickup in the off season. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah. How do you feel about that, man? Uh, like I said, a little bit worried because right now we replaced him. I think right now uh, it's projected that they're probably gonna have Darren Thompson starting at safety. Yep. Um, he is actually, he's very athletic in terms of his position, but in terms of actually playing the game though, you know, he's kind of been like a journeyman type deal. Um, so I really was looking forward to having Ha-Ha out there because he's very experienced. He's played at a high level before in his career. We've seen him do it. Um, he hasn't been doing it consistently, but we've seen that he can do it. So I thought that, okay, you know, we kind of showed up that other safety spot now, so we're good to go. Now he's got to worry about, you know, our younger corners and such and getting that pass rush going. But in terms of safety, you finally have addressed that concern that you've had for, it seems like, four or five years in a row. Yeah. Uh, but then you find out that he's been cut, and you're like, yeah. uh, uh, okay, so, <laughs> so what does that mean? Yeah. Did he get cut because, like, he was underperforming? We cut because the guys behind me were just killing it. And they are like, okay, well, no point in spending all this money on this older veteran when these young guys are out here balling, so we don't need them. Um, I'm actually leaning more towards the, the former, towards un- underperforming because mm-hmm. the, the backup that we have for him. So we have Darren Thompson starting in place of him. I think the backup right now is projected to be um, to be Reggie uh, Reggie, Reggie Robinson,
0: yep. who
1: I think initially we had drafted as a corner, and now we were like cross-training him as a safety. So they, that's usually not a good sign that, that early on. So, yeah, no, it was surprising and, and again, a little concerning in terms of safety play. And there's no new news in terms of the Earl Thomas front either. So, you don't really know nice. what we're trying to do in the position. So, with that all up in the air, like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Is we going to just roll and see how it goes. Because we did it before with Jeff Heath and we saw that it did not end well. Nope. And is it kind of more the same? Uh, so, yeah, a lot more questions than answers, unfortunately, when we kind of are getting this news out about the roster cuts and about the unofficial death chart. So, you know, the season's about to approach quickly approaching. So, you know, <laughs> still kind of nervous with yeah. it coming up.
0: Yeah, like you, man. Ha ha was my surprise cut uh, of this year, man. Um, and it's like i go to what you said was whether it was him underperforming or other guys balling out behind him. I kind of say it was like a both, you know? I mean, you don't get rid of a, a, a known commodity in ha ha. And without having so, a plan behind them, you know, so they have they must have Mike McCarthy and crew must have faith in Darian Thompson and um, Jonathan Wilson and Reggie Robinson as well, because uh, right now we're only carrying three safety safety safe players who are actually drafted as safeties, and so and everyone right. like you said they're mixing other other players at the cornerback. Uh, but yeah, I'm worried on the safety end, man. And I told you, I said this last week, man. The secondary worries me with our team this year. I'm not worried about our front seven. I'm not worried about our offense. I'm worried about our secondary. And um, with, like, the unofficial draft, I'm sorry, the unofficial depth chart they, they released, and I'm going to let everyone know, if in the secondary, the unofficial starting corners are Anthony Brown, Trayvon Diggs, and the safeties are Xavier Woods and Darian Thompson, um, with Shadobe and Jordan playing back up to the, both cornerbacks. Now, that doesn't uh, – it doesn't say who's going to play the slot guy. You have to assume he's going to be Jordan Lewis or Jadobe or Rousier. But uh, Jadobe being surprised because he started all last year across from Byron Jones and then Jordan, Jordan Lewis played the slot last year. And, like, it's just weird to see. Like, again, it's unofficial. Sometimes teams do this. just kind of throw people off. Um, we'll see actually what happens come Sunday. But uh, if that's what it is, Anthony Brown and Trayvon Days better <laughs> had shown an amazing camp. And same thing with Darian Thompson, man, because, I mean, we're going up against uh, – we'll go – we'll talk matchups later, but we're going up against the Rams who have a, have Jared Goff and a good receiving core. So, it's going to be a good test. Yeah. We, it's a big test for those guys. Um, But you touched on Earl Thomas, man. I'm shocked right now, man. He's – one, he's not signed by us, and two, he's not signed by anybody. And so, uh, we talked – again, we touched this last week, man. Earl Thomas is the best safety we have out there. Uh, how clean. This is the second best safety, free agent safety out there right now, too. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what is going on in the uh upper echelon of the Cowboys. <laughs> you know, uh, last year the joke was in um Jason, we trust, <laughs> and right now it's in Mike because <laughs> <Trust right now. laughs> it's kind of as being you looking at it, man. I've I'm again, my big worry right now is the secondary, um, and that's a big old question mark going into the season. Uh, they brought in Brandon Carr to be added to a, to add to the pra- practice squad, um, which I, which is weird. I just realized that the practice squad is different this year, so it's kind of weird. It uh, kind of threw me off a little bit. But, uh,
1: yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that was actually my, my favorite surprise signing, though, was the Brandon Carr signing because um, they're signing him as a utility guy for the secondary. So he's not playing just for cornerback but also for safety as well um, because – this past season he was with the Ravens and he played mostly snaps at safety. Yeah. Uh, so he, right now he's even been called as saying that he's on press squad to kind of learn the playbook, get some reps there with the thought that at some point they're going to bring him onto the active, active roster and, you know, have him at depth or maybe, you know, get some actual playing time and such. But yeah, I mean, cause it's good because you know, it's like he finally came back home because he, he did, he did pretty well when we had him before. Yeah. And then also the fact that, that he can, he can play multiple spots and he, we do have that depth with him being back there. So hopefully That will kind of alleviate some of our concerns once we kind of see how how it goes. Um, Also, in terms of the the depth chart for the cornerback, like you said, it's unofficial. But also, we really don't know until we see them play how they kind of want to use the corners now. It might be a little bit different in terms of how they're – the different skill set that they want out there. Um, Because, you know, right off the bat, Anthony Anthony Brown, he's he's a speed guy. Um, Trayvon Diggs, uh, he seemed like a playmaker from what we have heard out of camp. So, we don't know kind of what what they want out there. Chidobe is more like a bigger physical corner. So maybe they yeah. kind of want him beating up slots or something. So it's hard to really judge them to kind of see what they're trying to do once they actually get out there and play the games. Yeah. So I really wouldn't be too kind of upset or go too crazy about these depth charts, especially this one is unofficial. But right. just in general, because you, we really haven't seen them in game action because we haven't had preseasons, so we don't really yeah. know really what they want to do, what they release from you know practice and stuff. is very little, which is by design, like Mark McCarthey said, he does not want to give out too much information. So, yeah, it's hard to take much from this, but, you know, we got to get where we can. So, uh, for me, yeah, like you said, I really really, really thought Shadobi was like our our best corner on the team, but we have to see how they want to use him because it it might be where he plays uh, nickel. And nowadays, the nickel pretty much plays the amount as the other two corners anyway. So he might be on the field all the time, no matter what. So,
0: yeah. And like you said, uh, we don't have a preseason. And so, preseason. And that's. uh, and I, yeah. I believe it was such last week, man. Not having a preseason for fans, me, the me and you, uh, not being able to watch what's going on, is, it opens up a lot of questions for like the season. You know, uh, only certain teams allowed media at their at their practices, and only allowed media for a certain time. And so, what we saw, we were like saw cell phone clips of big plays. You know, we didn't see the whole drought. You don't, you can't go on YouTube and watch a full day one camp of a. Uh, of the Dallas Cowboys anymore and stuff like that. We couldn't do that this season. So it was uh, really, really questionable. You know, really, we all know what's going on on hard knocks between the Rams and the Chargers, you know, this year. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Yeah, so,
1: so it's kind of tough on the fans. But I think it's even tougher on the players, though, because I know they wanted less preseason games because at some point, you know, it's just kind of getting your body beat on and you need some time to rest. Yeah. But for those players trying to make the roster or stay on the roster, it's important for them to actually get some, some game film out there for the coaches to see. Um, because I mean you, you play sports and you play um, you know, in high school and southern varsity. So you know, some people are they do very well in practice, but not so well in game time. And some people do very well in game time, but they're not really practice players. So if you're one of those who are, you know, get me in the game, I'm gonna make plays no matter what, that'll probably give you a better chance of making a roster than just like, okay, well, I'm a terrible practice guy and all we do is practice, so I'm doing bad in practice, so I get end up getting cut or moved down the depth chart. And I'm not saying this is for sure, but that might be what happened with three players like HaHa or something. Like, maybe he moves differently, sees the game differently, yeah, in the actual game setting, like, you know, where everything is live versus in practice where maybe uh, Darian Thompson might stand out because of aestheticism kind of knowing what's coming and being used to the practice reps and such. So um, that's another thing where some, some players are going to be losing out for this year. But it, across the entire league, just because there weren't any games played at all, yeah. So it's, it's tougher for those fringe guys that were trying to make the roster that didn't get that chance to sign to either be in special teams or or anything else like that too.
0: It's all those uh, undrafted rookies, man, that were that lost out on that opportunity to show their show their skill set against another team. Um, yeah. Uh, so we added Randy Gregory back onto the back onto the squad, and we even add him for another year. He got a contract decision, so we have him through next season as well, and so. Uh, I believe if Randy Gregory can stay on the field, <laughs> stay off the weed, man. He's gotta stay off the weed, man.
1: Uh, I believe you know well, well, how actually won't be as bad because they, they actually changed the rule in terms true. of getting suspended from marijuana. So
0: very true. So I mean, uh we saw we saw lights of Randy Gregory when he played, I want to say it wasn't last year, probably the year before, uh, when we played like those first six or eight games where we saw some very good um things from Randy Gregory. We saw what we saw when he was in, in college. I mean, we saw the reason why we drafted him. We saw some things there. So, again, we talked about the defensive line. Uh, I would probably say that's probably one of the best units that we have uh, going into the season. He just adds another layer to our defensive line and another guy we could throw out there on a quarterback. And uh, that rotation on the defensive line with um, DeMarcus Lawrence, uh, Tyrone Crawford, Everson Griffin, Alda Smith, uh, Darius Armstrong, and now Randy Gregory, it's going to be hot, man. we got guys who could get off the ball, and get and get after the quarterback. And so again, I'm excited about our front our front our front four, especially our front seven, but specifically the defensive line who will put some pressure on the quarterbacks, man.
1: Yeah, well, I do have to for the fans out there kind of give a little bit of caution though, especially when you're trying to put like a lot on like, a guy who's been out of the league for a while, it's kind of hard to tell how they're gonna bounce back when they can get on the field. Um I think he's still gonna be suspended until I think halfway through the season before he can come back and actually play. I think like week six or seven. Yeah. Um, so he won't be there immediately, but it, it is good that he's finally, you know, finally got reinstated and cleared because I think a lot of Cowboys fans will finally get a bit of closure because when you see what he did in college, he was a monster. His first, you know, year, year and a half, and such that he seemed very promising. so a lot of flashes in terms of the the uh, get off the ball, um, his athleticism, and then he just was gone. He kind of <laughs> like okay, was well, always been the whole what could have been type of mentality and hopefully might be able to see at least a bit of that come back um i'm not sure if he'll ever be the player he could have been if he stayed the whole way through playing ball you know getting those reps um keeping his body in shape and such um but from what they said though i mean he's been doing the best he can outside of the sport just to stay in shape so hopefully we can kind of see something from him to where he can you know at least be a situational pass rusher. pressure so like you say can have rotation going to keep that pressure on and then if ideally it works out then maybe he actually might work back at the beam Potentially an every down player, yeah. um, it, which is kind of similar to the the whole Alvin Al- Al- Smith situation. Um, they said he's been very good in practice, so hopefully yeah, he might yeah. be might not be a bigger surprise. Um, but I also have caution for him as well because he's been out away from the league for so long too. And he's older. That's one thing to do it in practice, and, and he's older it's another nothing to do it actually when you know the lights come on and the other guys there also starts going at you as well. So it's a bit of caution. But I think even without even without those two, I think we have a very good pass rush. So that's. That's something that I'm looking forward to because no matter what, we should have a good pass rush. But if those guys are as advertised, it's going to be you know just icing on the cake, and exactly. we might you know have a whole like crew of monsters on the on the field and the D Very line coming so. up. So,
0: well. Yeah. So.
1: Did you see that? They, you see they had him listed as a, a strong side linebacker on the on the yeah. chart. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to so we talked about
0: that like Sean Lee and Lyle Collins got added to the short term injury injury reserve list, and so they put. On the unofficial, again, the unofficial depth chart, they put Alden Smith at Sean Lee's position as a Sam, as a Sam linebacker. Um, I found I it interesting. I did, like he played stand up. Uh, I believe he played stand up in in uh, in San Francisco. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I, he, Mike Loane talked about having his deep defensive ends playing stand up because he talked about doing the switch with Demarcus Lawrence too. So um, he, he, I find it interesting, man. Is it will be interesting. Yeah, again, we have to see, see what happens. We have no preseason to kind of see what will go off of it. So we kind of have to kind of guess to see what will happen, what will go on from that.
1: Yeah, it kind of makes sense, though, because um, my already said that they wanted to be kind of multiple on defense. So they're going to have it give you a lot of different looks to the sky stuff, like you said, you might have to where at some point the D ends are standing up almost like three, four outside linebackers to make it look that way or to allow them to kind of confuse the offense and such. So yeah. when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, he's a linebacker. He's probably just like a pretty much just a rush linebacker. Because it's him and Dor- and Doran Armstrong at a position on the depth chart, so I was like, that, that that makes sense. Um, yeah. Most of the ends and the the big guys are the bigger guys are SCD and like Tyrone Crawford and DeMarcus Lawrence. So I was like, yeah, that wasn't too surprising. It was just kind of funny to see that they have him as linebacker. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, uh,
0: like <laughs> this underfiscal depth chart kind of has you chuck has you chuckle at some things because you look at the offensive side, you like that's what you expect. There's no like surprises there, but we go to the defensive side. That's where you kind of kind of like wait. What? <laughs> it's like, uh, especially yeah. because the linebackers and secondary, so it's kind of it's funny on that aspect of it.
1: Um, and we talked So I just
0: mentioned. Uh, we're, you gonna say something?
1: Yeah. Well, I think you trying. You're about to get to the next point. I was like, now one thing that do that does have me concerned in terms of the depth chart is looking over there to our O line, looking at our right tackle position, having Cameron Irving there and not Loyal Collins. Of course, he he was placed on injured reserve with the hip injury. Um, so once again, you know, it's been no. For the longest, we had like a pretty solid O line. if not the best one in the league, but slowly yeah. but surely, it's kind of been eroding. You know, um, we had uh, Travis Frederick. He, you know, he had to retire and such, and now we have an injury so, across the O line. So, how are you feeling going into the season? You know, without Travis Frederick not being there anymore, uh, now Lowell Collins can be out for at least three games. Uh, how do you think it, it, it's going to affect us, or do you still feel pretty confident that our offense will it look like our offense going forward?
0: Um, I'm, so I'm confident in Joe and Joe Looney stepping into the Travis federal role, um, because we saw him play a full, a full season at the center position and he, uh, stepped up and he, and he held his own at that position. So I'm not worried about the center as like, much as I'm worried about right tackle. Um, I'm not as confident yeah. in Cameron Ir- Irving. Um, I really felt that we kept, I really felt we should have kept Cam Fleming last year. Uh, but he got paid, uh, I believe, going to yeah. The, I'll let the, you get that money. Yeah, he got paid going to <laughs> like, the Giants, so I get that. Why we couldn't? He got paid to start, and I be a backup, so that's was good for him. But uh, I'm nervous about Cameron Irving being on the right side, um, especially going into next <laughs> next week against the Rams, man. Because again, they have a D line that's our that's our that pretty monsters with, uh, of course, the defensive player of the year, uh, the best defensive player out there, Aaron Donald, and then you add Brockers, and you add, um Everybody else they have on that on that D line, man, is it's scary to have not have Lyle Collins out there on the right side securing the right side <laughs> um, <and laughs> against him for Dak Prescott. So um, he's right there next to Zach Martin. Maybe they have a plan. Of course, they're gonna probably chip off with the deep the tight end uh, Zeke chip off before getting out to the flat. So I mean, you got You know they have a plan for it to kind of cover up uh, Cameron Irving. But uh, we saw what happened against Lana a couple of years ago when uh defensive went off against one of our backups, uh, t- tackles, and it's eight us. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,
1: but but he, he was signed to the team as the utility guy where you can go between pretty much all positions on the line. You know, this is kind of what you signed up for in the first place, to fill in if someone got hurt, you know, at some point during the game or like we have right now. We're thinking about for a few games. So you kind of have to trust in the coaches in terms of signing him for this exact reason. And he really just needs to hold up for, like you were saying, maybe about three to four games because Lyle should be back by then. Um, So he doesn't have to be, you know, all pro, all world. He has to kind of go out there and do his job, you know, be solid. If he can be solid, though, we have enough talent in terms of the O-line in terms of the skill position and in terms of Dak Prescott, so we should be able to still move the ball, score some points and such, you know. Um, he's not gonna you know do- dominate on his side and kind of get you wins that you didn't think he would get in terms of you know winning his his, his blocks and, and things of that nature. But if you can hold up you know get, make his blocks and hold them for at least a decent amount of time, hold it line. shouldn't be too dis- too disruptive. Do what
0: four seconds, man. Just give that four seconds, man. <laughs> yeah, so it, so it, it
1: shouldn't be too disruptive. Um, if you're a little more creative on offense too, maybe we kind can can uh, throw some defense too to where they can't just you know rush like crazy like. He said what happened in Atlanta, basically, where he like pinned his air back and went full stream to the quarterback every freaking play. And for some reason, we never decided to either switch it up or send a help or you know have a running back chip on or whatever. He's left them one on one. So Coating. hopefully, we don't have that type of coaching anymore. If we've gone away from that, then we should be good. Um, but if not, then yeah, it's gonna be bad.
0: We should see <laughs> what happens, man. Um, yeah, so. That's that's a roster's adjustment, man. So like are you confident? so you good on rosters? Cause you know what the next question I'm gonna ask you now.
1: Yeah, um I would say I guess right now, what what is your I guess your favorite position do you think we're kind of just solid on our roster? Would you say to look at it?
0: Oh D <laughs> line. D line. D line, man. Solid. Uh D line and I'm confident in Jalen and uh L V E. And of course Dak and Zeke. <laughs> and like offense I'm good on. D-line and front seven, I'm okay. I'm good on. It's Again, my only question is that secondary, man. Other than that, I'm
1: Yeah, I mean, mine's kind of tied between the wide receiver group because there's a ton of talent there. Um, You know, not a lot of young guys there. A lot of guys who actually probably could be the the primary targets on different teams. And also our running back. I think we have actually two um, pretty strong running backs as well in terms of if one goes down, one can step in. They actually add different things to the game to where we actually can use them both uh quite a bit without having to have one yeah. you know that's injured away you can rotate them pretty well and not have too much of a drop off because they add different elements to the game
0: yeah man i love that you say that because uh tony pollard pollard has a different aspect to the to the offensive scheme you know he could play that trayvon austin role he could play that Cole that Cole bleasy role a lot better than um both of them in my opinion because i mean i feel like he has more speed and i feel like he has more talent and more skills right at this moment in his career and he's uh and he's a kick return too he's a flashy guy so i feel like if um in that four wide outs in a four wide in the in our 10 lineup where we have one running back and we have um you could have uh cooper gallup lamb and then pollard in a slot position on either side and you have Zeke in the backfield too. So I mean that's a scary. We have all five of those guys out there. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. We have all five of those guys out there. Uh that would be that would be great, man. That's just, that's a scary thing as an offense, as a defense to see, because you have you have five guys out there who could make a play on the ball at any point of the in the game. And so who can make a big play, even with a mobile quarterback of Dak Prescott. So you still have to worry about Dak Prescott at the same time with that lineup. So I'm excited. Um, like I said, Pollard will be a great um, aspect of the team, and it seems like Mike McCarthy wants to use his running backs more of it as receivers too. And so it'll be interesting to see um, what goes on with his lineups so and what lineups goes out there. Um, it's depending on matchups how he uses how he uses his receivers, how he uses the different matches, different lineups that he can have out there. Is he uh, he has a he has a plethora. Of gifts <laughs> right there
1: of talent, hey, right? You, throw, right out these, you throw out these S&T words, Ed. I think we're gonna call him from the booth as well.
0: <laughs> Just wanted to let Ed know come see me about Tony Pollard, homie. Come, come see me. I know oh, you want him.
1: Come, come <laughs> come, come <laughs> um, Yeah. talk fantasy football.
0: Oh man, that's a day. Hey, we can probably talk about doing that later on. Maybe a later segment. <laughs> but,
1: you, 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 let, you let Derek Jack, Jack your handcuff, bro? What happened? So, Dog, come on, so, so right, right, it, we're it was a
0: uh, it was a it was an auction draft, right? And I think I had I forgot how much money I had left who I could ask max, but like Derek just came in and topped to it and I was like, all right, I guess. It's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> was like oh, he doesn't do me do I knew he got well, a money for trade bait, but not do you see so he even offered me him in a trade and he wanted Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy back. And he added, like, a uh, J- Jameson Crowder to it. And I was like, dude, what? Jesus Christ. <laughs> like...
1: Hey, man. Nah. They say big Bang big, big bang, big Little Bang, baby. That's hey, all
0: I'm saying. If Z gets hurt, the price is going up.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, 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 that's for sure. <laughs> and every time I was game, man, it's going to be like, did you tweak something? <laughs> is he tired or is he hurt? What's going on now? <laughs> right? Because uh, it would be so, You're have all yeah. anxiety like, every time you take a hit.
0: For, hey, hey, man! That's every year. This for the first past years, man, that we had Zeke and Dak. Every single time they got hit, man, I was like, "Please don't go down, please don't go down." Same thing with Tony Romo. Please don't go down, <laughs> please don't go down. But yeah, man, Derek offered me that trash trade off. I was like, "Man, I don't even, you don't want to talk. I don't even sit in the counter office. Like, you don't want to talk. <laughs> I was like, All right, get back on track, man. Get back on track." So um, we didn't get your win loss projection last week. Cause you said you wanted to take some time to look at what's gonna happen this week, what roster ads we will have and what injury will play out and stuff like that. So we have the roster, we know what's who's not who's on, we know what injuries we currently have. So can you give me your win loss projection? And again, my win loss projection was eleven to five. We're getting into the divisional round of the playoffs where we lose in the divisional round of the playoffs, and we do win the NFC East. Yeah, I mean
1: my pretty close cool to yours. I actually have us with 10 wins, so 10 and six um taking a look at our schedule though we actually have a pretty i'll say I see quite a few good teams on our schedule that we have to play yeah. um so i think the, the the saving grace is that our division is not going to be too good this year so that at least at least ensures maybe getting this the playoffs. um because even looking like at a couple of teams on here already right we have people like the uh 49ers Niners this year the raven uh, the Vikings, the Steelers, and I was like, oh, Lord, I actually haven't looked in depth into our schedule, and I was like, okay, we actually have some, like, top-tier teams that we're going against. You know, we start with the Rams, uh, the Falcons, they're actually going to bounce back this year, uh, the Seahawks, right after the Falcons, so it's going to be a tough play a game starting out the season because we start with the Rams, Falcons, and the Seahawks, and then from there it gets a little bit easier. Um, but I think the saving grace is going to be that our division is looking kind of weak this year, and then, hopefully, if we can get some of these uh, top up games where we're actually going against a better team. Because, so, I mean, we have to win some of those kind of prove that we are going to be a playoff-caliber team. Yeah. Um, then, actually, it may improve from that. But I think just looking at the schedule, though, we, we could get to 10 wins based on just the strength of schedule.
0: Yeah. And so, and I mean, just like you, I gave us 11 because I felt like um, we will be able to get some – we'll get our division. I, even though I do have us losing to the Eagles uh, and Philadelphia, as it, one of my L's. But uh, I – we do have a couple off uh, toss-up games. I consider the Browns as a toss-up games. So I can kind of go any- either way. I give us a win on that. Um, I'm nervous about Seattle. I'm actually nervous about uh, the Rams, to be honest with you, too. Um, but I do give I – I already gave us, like, Ls with San Francisco, um, with the Baltimore Ravens. And I have us uh, right now an L on the Vikings. Um, so, uh, that's – also, that falls into three. So I got four L's, and my fifth L will come from the this actual this uh not this week. I'm sorry, Seattle. I do have us. That's where I get our five L's from. I uh, go into this season Um because I just just feel like that's how. That's how I'm confident about that one.
1: Do, do you get yes, there from
0: the booth? Do you have them sweeping the division? No, I have them losing against the Philadelphia. You said, Philadelphia. Oh, they, okay. you say they're gonna
1: split Philly, yeah? And oh, I was the same wow. thing too. I think we're gonna split that.
0: I'll listen better. My fault.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> did, you get, did you get all that? But, we're, we're, but where we get into trouble, though, is if we have those, you know, one or two games we kind of drop one where we shouldn't against in our division, like against the yeah. Giants or the Russian. Washington football team, then <laughs> oh. that's going to, then that, yeah. Oh, come on. Hey, yeah. <laughs> be bro. What's going my my on, man? Fault. That's a thing the of, the of the past. Remember the leave past. It, leave it back there with, with the Confederacy and stuff, bro. Come I apologize on, man. for that. The Washington football team. <laughs> Washington yeah. Football team. But, yeah, with those type of games, you know, the division games are always just going to be kind of kind kind of, of nasty type of games because, you know, there's so much hatred there and so much uh, robbery going forward And such that at any given game, you could drop one or two that you think you shouldn't, and then that might get you in trouble because we have those other quality teams that aren't in our division that we're going against. Uh, so that's what we kind of got to be careful. Either we got to take care of business in terms of the division or we sure. have the right to the occasion, um, get some of these wins early against these uh, better teams. And that way we have that cushion in terms of if something might happen later on in the season. And really, I think kind of what we're thinking, you're we're all thinking is in the past, the Cowboys have done well against the teams they should beat, but they didn't do too well against those other playoff teams. So if that holds true, then we still might be able to get to that 10 wins and get into the playoffs. We just will probably get bounced early because we can't beat playoff teams. Yep. Um, so I think we kind of had that that hangover from in the past. We haven't done too well like against those prime time marquee matchups. So until we see differently, it's kind of hard to give them the benefit of the doubt, saying, "Oh yeah, we can ride the occasion and beat the Falcons. We can ride okay. the occasion and take down the Seahawks. Um, we can go we can go ahead and, and beat the 49ers. We got all the way to the Super Bowls." Like it's kind of hard to say right now until we see how we perform in those big time games. Um, so I think a lot of us are kind of trying to reserve judgment on how far we're going to go until we see how we start playing. And from there, we might even kind of do like a reforecast of where we think we're going to be.
0: Yeah, and i have I'm seeing like the best predicted, like someone predicting a record, someone as as high as 13 wins, and I was like, ooh, that's, that's very ambitious. Um, and then I've seen as low as eight and eight, and so <laughs> and so yeah, um, possible. I've, yeah, it, it, only because of those divisional games where that can go either way. Um, especially in our division, it seems like. Any Every every year is all we can go either way. Uh, especially, if you, I feel like we're bit more talented, both the, the Washington football team and the New York Giants. We're both ta- more talented than them on paper, but you don't want to get caught on a bad week. And so, um, Derek Hastings, I believe there's a new momentum. Momentum. There's a new energy. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Can, can you feel it all the way from here in San Antonio? You can feel, I, momentum. I can feel it, man. I feel it.
0: I'm going to be a little crazy Cowboy fan. I just feel confident in the Cowboys the first two weeks, you know. I just feel confidence right now. They're just oozing confidence. And so that's why I kind of give us two wins right then and there. And then we get our humbling experience with the Seahawks, you know. Um, We just get brought down to (laughs) (laughs) it. Why is it
1: going to be humbling? Yeah,
0: You don't believe that we can come in there? I mean, we'll get – like, it'll be a good game, man. I feel like it's going to be like a tight game, 10-point difference. Uh, I just feel like we will lose. And so that's why I call it a humbling experience, just coming back down to earth, you know. It's like, hey, there's still some team, there's still some other teams out there that can still ball out. So
1: Yeah, but okay, but when you say humbling though, do you mean like humbling in terms of oh we're doing so well and then we meet the Seahawks and then you kinda get we get smashed by them or you think oh. it seems like a close game to where it's like a it's, it's like a fight going back and forth. But I don't think it's humbling, it's more like, okay, they are shown that that they belong oh. if they can stay in the whole game with like a quality team like that. But it's, humbling but I, I would know. say is more like you cut you come in and you're like, Oh, you know, we're looking good, we're about to run the table, we're about to, you know, be like one of the top season playoffs. And then we get smacked around, like, our offense doesn't do anything. We can't stop anybody or whatever. And then it's like, okay, well, now we have to go back to the drawing board because we're not as good as we thought we were.
0: I mean, just look – if we look at what happened – I mean, we'll go back to last year. If we look at what happened last year, we started the season on 3-0 and and everybody was all on the Cowboys bandwagon. I was like, ah, it's like, let's slow down. Like, we have a good three game. We had a good three games, but it's like we still got – we still got some things – some hurdles to jump. And what happened, like, we, got, we took L's to teams that we're not supposed to even take L's for. We took L's to, against the Jets. We took an L against um, – I think we lost to the – I can't remember right now. But we took an L against adjusting that three-game losing streak that we had right after that three-game winning streak. And so, Mm everyone was so high on the Cowboys at the first three games. It was like, hey, you can't get too high on them. And I think they drank too much of their own Kool-Aid too, you know. And I feel like they got their own type of humbling experience at the same time. Um, So, um, I feel like – Hey, we'll get the first two wins out there against two quality teams in the in the Rams and the Falcons. But uh this thing the Seahawks, I don't think that we'll go we'll smash be smashed by the Seahawks. And actually we lost to the Seahawks last year in one of those three L's. Um and I think we'll probably take the same um loss again this year. That's 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 just how I feel about it.
1: So that momentum isn't as strong as you were kind of saying earlier, huh?
0: I mean, it's coming in strong. <laughs>
1: But it kind of kind of quickly, don't you think? No, but you know I'm saying, like,
0: momentum is <laughs> carrying you into the first into the first week, the first two weeks of the season, man. That's all, like, hey. You, and then, but then
1: you but know, after the first two weeks, it magically disappears.
0: You, you don't understand, Daniel. Momentum is going to carry them through week one. And then, you know, that momentum is going to carry them through week two as well. So it's going to keep surging on through. And then week three, oh, my God, where'd the momentum go? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I love the word momentum, because I knew Derek was going to get that. I was going to get that out of Derek, man. That's love love that uh, dr um but yeah man i I just i just say, i just feel like um momentum is a real thing um and i (laughs) I feel like energy and like the confidence kind of runs high and so i just out of those three out of the first three weeks out of the first four weeks actually i believe that it is the hold on maybe maybe make sure i got the first four weeks schedule correct um yeah, out of the first four weeks or the first season, we'll end out three and one. I think our, I really feel our loss is coming out of the Seahawks in that, in that situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if that's how we do start, then that's a very solid start to the season, I would think, yeah. in terms of the teams I, we have to go up against. The Rams are a quality team. The Falcons look like they're going to be another quality team. Of course, the Seahawks. A lot of people have them kind of going pretty deep in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then of course the Browns. I think we expect to, to get that win, but then, I think that'd be a good start because right after those first four you then have the Giants, you have the Cardinals, you have Washington. Um, so that would be, in, in your words, I guess quite a bit of momentum because only one loss and all those wins, yeah, I guess you'd probably be, be sitting pretty, pretty good depending on, I guess, how, if we do lose to the Seahawks, how, you know, big of a loss that is, yeah. um, how we look against the other teams that we're playing. If we, you know, struggle to win or something, then maybe we struggle with playoff teams. But if we win the conventionally, or we kind of look like solid, a solid team throughout all the games, regardless of win or loss, win or lose, then I think there'll be a a lot of kind of momentum in your words for us, or a lot of confidence really in the squad and the confidence from the fan base and the players themselves, because they've seen that, okay, we can go up against some of the best in the league and we can kind of go toe to toe with them, which means at that point, that means that you're pretty much going to be in every game that you're going to be in. So as long as we can get to the playoffs, we'll have a chance in every game. It's kind of, you want to have that mindset of, yeah, we we can be anybody get us there. We can, we can, you know, maybe, I tape. mean,
0: um that's why I kind of feel like that comes from only because we added a new aspect. We have a coach who knows how to scheme and who knows how to game plan um in game in a, in an in-game situation. And so I feel like Mike McCarthy adds an extra nod to us in some of these games against better teams will be able to beat us, we'll be able we'll be able to get the dubs out of. And so that's why I'm that's why I have the type of confidence that I have in the eleven five record. Yeah. So with that, man,
1: how are you feeling about this uh this Ram squad that we're going to be facing in Week One? Uh, how do you think that matchup is? How we do? How do you think the matchup against them?
0: Um, I feel like this matchup is good in our in our on our side of it. Um, I just feel like our our, our right receiving core has another aspect to it. Um, because even though they do have Jalen Ramsey and John Johnson back there, I just feel like uh, with the triple threat of a uh, Gallup, uh, Cooper, and um, CD. It'd be interesting. It'd be fun for us to just it'd be fun for us to watch and just to see them ball out. I feel like uh, that's why I feel like that the difference in the matchup is going to be at. Um, then we look at our defensive line um, against their offense. I mean, they don't have a uh, Todd Gurley no more. Um, not really sure what Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers will be able to do for the Rams as far as a run offensive. So I kind of I feel like that helps us out on the defensive side um, to force them into throwing situations and force them into pressure situations where Jared Goff's going to have to make a quick decision. Uh, boss will come out a little bit early. Boss will come out a little bit inaccurate a, a couple of times, kind of benefit us in a secondary um, situation. So um, I believe we match up very on the positive side on our end. Um, I believe we have the, we have the upside. I believe we have the advantage. And so I honestly, that's why I say, that's why I say we have to win in this one. Um, that's why I feel easy. What well, the matchup I'm interested to watch is to see what, Um, Aaron Donald. What what position does Aaron Donald play? Is he gonna play the outside? Is he gonna play the inside? And um, how he's gonna match up against Cam Irvin and um, Zach Zach, and uh, Joe Looney, actually. And so, or even Connor Williams, actually. Connor Williams more than uh, Joe Looney. So Connor Williams and Cam Irvin. So I'm ready to see how he matches up against them. What are you looking forward to, sir?
1: Yeah, I think it matches up pretty well. So now they do have. There are talented teams. They actually have quite a few top tier players. But I think what it is is people are kind of remembering from before when they kind of look like a Madden fantasy team in terms of having like all these quality players, big-name players all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but most of those players are now gone because it's more like a win-now type of moves in terms of signing them to these large contract or trading forms that you know, they couldn't keep them all long-term. And most of them have since moved on. Um, so, like you said, in terms of the secondary, that's been a little depleted. Even though, like you said, they do still have Jalen Ramsey, they don't have the other shutdown down corner on the other side that they used to do like before um so in terms of matchup i think you still match up pretty well to him um like you had mentioned for running back i think it's going to be quite a bit of a chance going from todd Gurley to Malcolm brown even though he did play well for them when todd Gurley was injured and out he just doesn't have that same type of he's not really as dynamic in terms of what he can do for you as todd Gurley, right because todd really can of yeah. course you know run the ball between the tackles but he's always a threat of if he gets loose in the open field he could go for a touchdown at any time at um way. if you get him, like on a screen play yeah you can get him on a screen play you can do something with that too while Michael Brown is more like a power back kind of a plotter type type of running back. Um, so I think that works in our favor. Um, their, their O line is, is decent, but it's not, you know, world-class or anything. so I think we might do good with our, um, you know, would be a path to go against them. Yeah. Um, but like you said, though, the main matchup is going to be the O line versus their D line, because of course they have, you know, the monster Aaron Donald across from us. They have Michael Brockers. Um, so we have, you know, a few new people online. We also have, you know, some injuries on there too. We'll see how they're going to hold up to someone that's that destructive. It's going to be interesting because, you know, that in turn could affect us in the running game and deck having time to get the ball to those half receivers. So um, I think we got to scheme for that. Maybe do a little, uh, a few more quick throws starting out to kind of get them off balance going forward. But I think it should be where we can pull this one out basically based on the matchup on paper, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, because if you all, I mean, it wasn't too far too long ago when we played the Rams in the playoffs, and um, they just kind of stuffed, they stopped our running game, and so that's when you were talking about they had that uh, fan that Madden fantasy football team at the right now, and then we saw what happened last year when we went up against them when they didn't have that Madden Madden fantasy football team, but and Zeke was able to eat, and our offices were able to get rolling and get some things going, and so we're interested, interested to see the same thing happens again this uh, this week coming up Sunday. Um, I, and like I said, I'm excited about this matchup, man. I've, I give it, it's gonna be, I do see it as being a tight game. Cause uh, I mean, I can't just shoot down the Rams on their offensive side, their receiving court, because they do have uh, Cooper Cup, they do have Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, who balled out last year, John Jay, and AM, great. Uh, <laughs> so um, they do have him out there, so the and Tyler Higby at the tight end, so it's it, so I mean, Jared Goff has weapons as well, going against our weak secondary. Um, And so it could be a very, it's a very fair game, very fair uh, matchup, and I just feel like where we get that plus is the fact that we do have a running game uh, to have a, to help out Dak at the same time. So that's why I, that's yeah, why I we're going to get this one.
1: But Trey Blanco, I think we've had enough Cowboys talk for one day. You know, kind of getting blocked do. down in that. The people want more than just Cowboys because we have more fans than just Cowboys fans here. You know, like our producer Derek, he's a our Raiders fan. Yeah. Y'all, y'all pray for him, y'all. Um, yeah, So there's been a.
0: You got
1: the Seahawks? That's the second squad, man. He got, he got a few squads out there. Hey, man, Dr has a Cowboys uh,
0: AFC. That's what he has over there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there's been a lot of crazy things going on since between our last podcast and now in terms of some of these signings with these squads. I know we talked about some of the practice squad signings and such for the Cowboys, but if we want to talk about the whole league, though, it's been even more interesting stuff. If we go back to our first episode, though, I think we'll remember a one Mr. Trey Blanco saying himself that Dave and Connie would be out for the year you know he's like I need that 20 mil y'all I ain't got the 20 mil I ain't gonna play pay to play homie <laughs> uh but we, we up and saw that he actually was like uh oh, aggressive, playing a little bro. Bit and I'm, I'm down with play. that's what he, that's what you said man that's what you said he would say but now here we have him in we got signed to the titans and he's ready to roll man what, what's yeah, up there I, I didn't know what you think about the signing and are you surprised that he signed so with this with so quickly now so I like that pickup for the Tennessee
0: Titans, man, um, and because he gets him back to Mike Vabrell, the guy who had who he had when he was in Houston, so he already has that connection there, and um, it gives them uh, that they lost uh, they lost their, def- their defensive pass rusher last year, and so they added it back with uh, Jeff David on Clowney, so that's why I like I like the signing, I like the uh, I like the pickup, I like the the match, I like the uh, the synergy there, I like the uh, communication, the the. Uh, I'm losing the word I'm going for. But I just like the I like the signing. The um momentum, right? You like the momentum? There's no momentum with Indeed. the signing. It could be momentum signing,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it could be, but anyways, that's not the word I was. Stand looking. on that. Stand on
1: it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was, that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh but yeah, I like the signing. Um as far so J Dave assigned for uh for one year. Uh, he gets up to fifty million with incentives and all that. So kind of, I say he he should sign for at least sixteen. And so, but I mean, it was one million off? But it came after he fired his original agent. So, I, like, wonder was what was up with the communication with there? As soon as he fired his agent, he gets the next day he gets signed by the Tennessee Titans. And so, I was wondering, uh, like you mentioned last year, maybe maybe his agent like try to. I say the drink own Kool-Aid. Maybe he was drinking too much of JV down Kool-Aid too much to actually get a sign yeah. and it kind of hindered him from getting signed earlier. Maybe he should be a cowboy, but, you know, his agent signed to drink too much of the Kool-Aid. Or he could be a saint. And so it uh, all, all depends. But I, like I said, I like the signing. And so how do you feel about it?
1: No, it's solid signing. I mean, that's what you should do. The Titans are doing exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, you made a great run last year. Um, you still bring back pretty much everybody on your squad. Yep. So when that happens, if you can kind of add a few more pieces and try it again, you know, because you only have such a small window in NFL to try to make something happen. So, yeah, so that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you lock up your your franchise running back, so you get to go on that. You already have your quarterback good to go, too. Um, if you can maybe get one or two more pieces to put you over the hill, over the top, then that's what you're supposed to do as a NFL organization. It's so what a lot of people want their teams to do, but not many go out and do it. But I think they're making the right decision trying to do that. Um, we even saw like you said the Saints were hot on his heels trying to get him as well. They even tried to do like a that's like a sign and trade type deal with with the Browns somehow. They're they're trying to get very creative, so Mm -hmm. that was interesting. But the league didn't like that at all, so they kind (laughs) of shut that down pretty (laughs) quick. Um,
0: (laughs) The league did it. Um so going to is going to more signings, though. Um, your boy Leonard Fournette signs with the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, and also your boy Alvin Kamara. our boy, I say our boy because I love Alvin Kamara too. Our boy Alvin Kamara is in rumor to get paid pretty soon too. So, how do you feel? So, first, how do you feel about the uh, Leonard Fournette signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks?
1: Uh, Fournette is pretty solid for him, um, just because he's going for, to a much better situation in terms of uh, for playoff aspirations. I don't know if Tampa Bay is like a great organization per se in terms of much better than the Jaguars, um, but in terms of their aspirations and the talent right now, then yeah, they oh, yeah. are you know projected to have a. a a better season than Jacksonville is going to have. And like I've been saying before, basically that Tampa Bay is trying to form the super friends in terms of their football team. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who's ever had a big name in college or in the NFL, <laughs> to an the extent they're signing them put on the squad. They recently yeah. signed Josh Rosen as a backup quarterback to yeah. Tom Brady. So once again, another big name, he hasn't been playing well, but he is a big name in terms of college football and people project him that they thought at one point in time, he might be the next star quarterback in the league. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're accumulating talent. Um, How that's going to work out going forward, I'm not so sure. Uh, but it's, they're kind of just going to see how it works out. Kind of what the Rams did before, you know, get all the talent and try to make it work. Right. Um, and it worked to, to them for a certain extent, so we'll see how it goes. But they're signing a lot of people who are either older or have injury issues and such. So we'll see if they can hold up for the entire season or how they even mesh going forward. Um, but I can't be mad at the signing, though. I, I figured he, he would tack on to maybe a team that – like a one-year deal maybe so he can show out and maybe another contract um not I thought he kind of signed with where he might be the premier back but I think he got splitting carries now with Ronald Jones the second um unless they think he's going to take over completely but I think they probably have him splitting carries though
0: I was asking my next question to you is he the starting running back in Tampa Bay is it a running back by Kennedy or is he the legit RT RB2 in Tampa Bay
1: I, I think the signing, they want him to be the starting back, but I don't think you can just give it to him off the bat just because of, you know, Ronald's been there. But they've had a, a bad rushing offense for a while, so I'm sure they wanted some fresh blood in there. So they're going to give him, I think, every chance in the world to try to take over that starting spot and maybe give him give some more juice to that running game. But I think starting out, they're going to do more of like a running back by committee, hoping that maybe Leonard kind of flashes and, and kind of takes over that position and makes it his own.
0: So all you fantasy don't, f- fantasy owners out there, Daniel Sain.
1: Pick up Leonard Fournette if you haven't. Oh no, I'm am saying being cautious <laughs> about that. <laughs> if, if, if you're banking on that fool getting all the carries and kind of taking you to the fantasy the fantasy gold mine, you know, to the fantasy championship, I don't think that's going to be the case starting now. Until you have to wait and see. So if you, if, you, if you can pick them up later on, you know, in your fantasy draft, and yeah, you can stash them for a little bit. But until you kind of see how they use them, because it is more of like a committee type deal, then it's not really going to be worth it having them on the squad. But you have to see how they kind of decide to use them.
0: Yeah, so how I feel about the sign is like you said, the Tampa Bay Super Friends is really just trying to be a super fan team and try to, I guess, get Tom Brady a ring on his way out. Um, which is and get the city a championship on the at the same time. So uh I like it. Uh, he does have the opportunity to take over take advantage of the back to take over the backfield, you know, because like you said, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks have had a struggling rushing game for the past couple of years. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens back there. I agree it will be a especially a running back by committee until one person really decides to just take ownership of that backfield and go with it. And so uh, I like it and good luck to him, man. Cause I, he deserves to be, I feel like he deserves to be in the league. And so I feel like he's still getting some twa- quality yardage out there. So it could still be a threat. So I, I'm good for him. I'm happy to see, I'm excited to see what he could do. Um, a couple, a couple of players are one player got extended this, today. Uh, one receiver yeah. who was traded from, Houston, to Arizona, Cardinals, Nuke, Hopkins. got a big old contract accession for two years. Two years, $53.4 million uh, to be in Arizona. How do, you, how do you feel about that?
1: So honestly, I was going to say this to the end of our pod, but we can do that right now. I think oh, we should okay. have like a new segment that we have. No, that's cool. Okay. I think we have a new segment that we have at certain points during, during the season where we call, call pocket watching because a lot oh. of these dudes got paid. So, I want to give oh, a quick rundown of some of the I like recent signings. Yeah, write that down. Write paid. that down.
0: I like that one. Pocket watching.
1: So, for, so we'll do it just for this month. It's only been yeah. a few days in the month so far. So, starting off, I have a list on here. Oh, um, so, Pocket watching, starting off, we have uh, Joe Mixon, running back for the Bengals, signed a four year, $48 million contract extension with the Bengals. So, he got paid. Um, we have Taylor Decker, left tackle with the Lions. He had got a four year, $60 million contract extension. Um, Ryan Kelly with the, with the uh, Indianapolis Colts for four years, fifty million. So I think he became the highest paid center in the league with that extension. Yep. Um, this one's pretty interesting. We actually had, a, well, no, this is a smaller one. So the next one, the next larger one was Keenan Allen. Um, so for that one day, Keenan Allen got his extension, four years, eighty point one million dollar extension. He became the highest paid receiver in the yep. league, setting records and such. And then, of course, a few days later, DeAndre Hopkins got his money and yep. then became the highest paid receiver in the league a right. 2-year $54 million extension. Um not to be outdone though, of course we have his former teammate Deshaun Watson getting a 4-year, $156 million extension with the Houston Texans. Um we got some DBs out here, so we have Teradeus White with the Buffalo Bills cornerback, 4 years, $69 million. Um the Steelers pay Cameron Hayward, the monster DC, 4 years, $65 million. And then most recently, we actually had Kareem Hunt actually get an extension with the Browns. To get uh, two years, 13 mil. So that, that's good for him because, you know, he didn't get much, if any, reps last year. So they still got extension with them.
0: Yeah, man. So, like you said, Keenan Allen, which, who got extended, basically almost kind of got covered up when Nuke got, like, I almost forgot about <laughs> Keenan Allen getting the extension too. <laughs> I
1: was a <laughs> little surprised he got that much money though, because I know he's very talented, but I think he was talented to be like, you know, the, the highest paid receiver in the league. But like they say, sometimes it's kind of when it's your turn, you're gonna yeah. at some point be the high pay, and then someone's gonna be their turn and kind of get over you. But exactly. I was just surprised with the with the number, but then DeAndre got his number, I was like, Okay, well, nah, <laughs> exactly. not all were now I see the word now. It's like
0: you said, it was Keenan's turn to get paid, and so and he's and he he loves San Diego and San Diego. I'm sorry, he loves the Chargers and the Chargers love him. And so they they treated him that way. I feel like, hey, that's a, he got he got what he's worth. I feel like he got what he's worth. And so we knew what and, was the last one. Like that's what it yeah. wasn't going to last long. Let's be honest, it wasn't going to last long, and so um, it'll be it's nice accolade to be the number two, I number two uh, rece- pay receiver in the league. And yes, Derek, Yak lives matter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Derek, right now, is, is caping for Kenan Allen saying Yak lives matter, and that whole is the king of Yak, so it doesn't make sense, but <laughs> still, <laughs> it was surprising to see him getting paid to that extent also want to bring up the fact that, you know, a lot of NFL guys were kind of um, pocket-watching to the NBA guys to a certain extent because, you know, they saw them the money getting thrown around. But hmm. they're starting to get paid kind of quite a bit now, too, it seems lately, in terms of them getting contracts as well. So, yep. that, you know, in terms of spreading the wealth around, it is kind of going to the NFL players as well. It's just that there's more of them, so only a select few get that money. But when they do, boy, they, 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 they kind of they, they cash out. So
0: They do. They do cash out. And so one person who cashed out, you mentioned him earlier, DeMar, uh, Deshaun Watson. I said Deshaun. I met Deshaun. Deshaun Watson cashed out. And so making him yep. the second highest paid quarterback behind uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, how do you feel about that? And so we're going to touch Cowboys again. So how do you feel about that? And how does that affect Dats contract negotiations next year?
1: Uh, not too much. I think Dak is basically looking at Pat Mahomes and he wants to kind of go off for that. I don't think he wants the same type of money, but he kind of wants his structure to work pretty close to it just okay. um, because he does feel that, you know, he's in, in that caliber of player. And also he kind of wants a shorter contract than Pat Mahomes got, too, um, because he wants to kind of almost like a pay down LeBron's book. He wants to get back on the open market as soon as possible so he can kind of get a higher extension when there's more TV money and the cap goes up as well. So, really, his fight wasn't really for the overall amount. It was more for the years for the Cowboys. And the Cowboys kind of have a standard of how they do a lot of things. If you notice, most contracts, big contracts, but the Cowboys' have are usually, like, six, seven years. They, yeah. al- they always want that extra year or two on there so they have more control over them in the later half of the year. Or it gives them more ability to, to uh, restructure the deal because they do that a lot. So, that's kind of like their M.O. in terms of uh, contract is getting that longer contract extension. But Zach was like, no, give me that, you know, four year deal um, because I want to run through it. And then once it's over, I can re-up for another deal and you're going to have to redo it anyways. But by that time, you're going to go off of what the cap is four years from now, which we assume is going to be a lot higher because, you know, the NFL has still been kind of increasing in terms of revenue and such year after year. Uh, So it's a smart shrewd move, but, you know, as an NFL organization, they're kind of like, oh, well, we kind of see what you're trying to do. But um, it's not really a team friendly deal because it's going to hurt us at that point. When we have to try to, you know, resign you again, right. or if we want to bring in a big time free agent, we can't really restructure your deal because it's not too many years left on there for us to do much with it, to kind of stash it later on in your contract or something. So
0: exactly. Uh, that's how I feel about it too. I feel like, um, I, I feel like just like you, he was looking at the Pat Mahomes contract and kind of seeing where he was going to land there. He's not going to get Pat Mahomes, but Pat Mahomes contract is also very team friendly. Uh, the details of that contract kind of makes it yeah. better. Uh, he sometimes come out with lesser money guaranteed at the beginning of the season. So it's not. So it's kind of it's weird how his contract is set up. But uh, I do see him getting on that uh, Deshaun, did again, Deshaun Watson level. Um, but I feel like it's not going to be four years. So it's not going to be five. I feel like it's going to be more than three. I feel like the Cowboys will cave in and give him that three-year contract. And so um, we'll just have to see what happens there. Um, you mentioned Trey White, cornerback out of Buffalo Bills. I say this because you know we kind of have similar names. Uh, first off, and also <laughs> uh,
1: one, one is one is Ed, one is Tre'Davious. <laughs> <I> Tredavious. Tredavious.
0: <laughs> you call him Trey. His name is Tre'Davious. Yeah,
1: it's Tre'Davious. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he doesn't on. go, by Trey, it's Tre'Davious. No,
0: no, but uh, I'm excited. I, I love man. I love him. Uh, he's one of. He, I love his. I love his skills. I love his talent. And so I'm. Actually, I'm excited he got paid, man um and what he uh he just said he said in a tweet that he's just happy to be able to take care of his family and so uh oh, yeah so i'm excited for him i love I-, I love that signing that extension i love that signing for him as well um cam, cam and Herod out of pittsburgh uh another dog on the defensive, t- of the defensive line love that signing as well for uh pittsburgh love that extension uh that's a there's a dude who just loves going after the quarterback, man. It's a big boy, too. I just love it. I love like I love watching people, like, watching football players get really excited about uh, excited about their craft, excited about their talent. And so he's one of those dudes uh-huh. that gets really excited about their craft and talent. So I just, I'm just i excited for him to get signed up, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's solid too. But, you know, I would be remiss because you put me on the spot earlier in the pod. I got to put you back on the spot, bro. Oh, for what? So what are playoff doing? predictions, bro. Playoff Playoff predictions. predictions. Oh, so yeah because new- you, you got you got my win loss predictions, you put me on the spot. now I gotta get back on you, man,
0: oh okay, so hold on, let me get- what do
1: you have yeah,
0: yeah, pull it up, man pull it up, pull it so, up so, so hold on, so now it's gonna in the, be in this new playoff bracket, there are six wild six wild card teams, and the uh, and there so there's seven teams out of east side going to playoffs uh the number one Seattle out of east side will have a bye week, and there will be uh three wild card games, so two and six uh. Three and, I'm sorry, yeah, two and six, three, is weird. They missed a the number. Yeah, yeah well, wait, wait, it's got, it's like, yeah, it's, what, what? It's two
1: and seven, right? Two, two and, and seven. seven six, yeah, and that's
0: why I was confused. I'm looking at thing. that said two and six. I was like, wait, two and six. So, yeah, two and seven, six and three, four and five will be the matchups going forward. And that will be the three wildcard games going to the, uh, going to the divisional round. Uh
1: um, with the one so, getting the bye starting off right.
0: Yep, uh, the number one team out of each conference getting the bye. So yeah, out of this,
1: uh, by yeah, the well, NFC. Go ahead. Why yeah, I was like, like, Why are you looking it up. So I was, I, 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 not, yeah, no, yeah, it's ring I was just mentioning that it's going to be interesting this year, just because of we kind of assume it's going to go like a regular season, but we have to still remember that you know COVID is definitely still out there. Yeah. And so these teams are going to be traveling. So it could affect kind of how the season goes. So it might look a little different from what you project based on how they're handling COVID stuff, how their their death chart is in terms of someone having to sit out um, in terms of quarantine and such. So um, it's a projection kind of based off of you know, obviously just paper and just assuming that everybody can play all the games and such. But it could change drastically very quickly depending on how this COVID stuff goes since they are going to be traveling for all the games.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to see what happens, like, with COVID, it, what, who, if any players end up contracting it and um, how long they're out and how long they have to be in quarantine. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I want to do this. I don't know if I want to do this.
1: Give me your top two teams from each conference and then give me your one kind of dark horse team that you think might make a little run. Um, My top two to kind teams from each conference? conference? Yeah, just from these conference, the top two that you think are like, okay, these are going to be like the, the ones that have the best chance of getting to the Super Bowl. And then the one dark horse, maybe if you have a dark horse in either side, that you think actually might surprise some people and kind of make a run if things kind of shake their way.
0: Okay. Um, my two guarantees, I would say the Saints and the Niners. Uh, mm-hmm. My dark horse is kind of diff- tough, man. Uh, I'll say the Seahawks are my dark horse.
1: The Seahawks are dark horse. And then for AFC, what you got? and
0: so um so that's three um have the cowboys four. um i do have i'll say the vikings coming in winning their their division so that would be five teams um hmm i just uh i feel like the eagles will be able to sneak in there somehow with the expansion so i feel like the eagles will probably sneak in there um and then lastly what team? I'm really confident. Oh, I forgot about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So we could put Tom Brady and friends in there. As, as <laughs> just put them in there. <laughs> yeah, put, I don't because I just Tom Brady's he always finds a way to get in there. So I'll put it's like LeBron James. He always finds a way to get in the playoffs. So, <laughs> but like, oh, so we have for
1: your for your for your top ones for NFC. We have the the Saints and the Niners. Yeah, so those would be my one and two. My dark and then the Seahawks be, are are your dark horse to maybe make the move.
0: Okay. I feel like the Seahawks could win. I feel like the Seahawks could win the NFC West, and so as well. So it all depends on who wins the NFC West. Who will be one or two out of that?
1: That's pretty solid. I, I think for me, it's a little bit different. I do have the Saints as the overall top. I'm actually going to switch it out. I don't have the 49ers as being at the top. I actually have the Vikings moving into that spot. Um, I just think the 49 might take a step back. Um, I didn't really like what I saw from your offense in the Super Bowl. I know that they're going to have that monster defense, but they did have some changes out during the season in terms of what was going on with the defense as well. So I'm not sure if they're going to have that same just stalwart defense the same year going forward, and if that's not the case, then they're not going to be go well, as far as they did before. But I think the Vikings, like the move the Vikings are making, and I think they actually are maybe the next one up to maybe take that that spot. Um, for the dark horse, um, I actually do have us, the Cowboys, as a dark horse in, ter- kind of in terms of how we play, um, how Dak plays and actually how the, uh, how the secondary holds up. We could make a run just based on the schedule. Uh, but again, it's going to be ha- depending on how we, how it shapes out, you know, if we take care of business with our division, if we do that, then I think we're going to be set to kind of make that run. And if we kind of show that at least we can stay in most of these games with the better teams then we can show that, okay, we have a puncher's chance in every game, and that's really all you need to play playoffs to kind of make a run. Yep.
0: Um,
1: so that's, for me, for the NFC. Now, the AFC is, I think, a lot easier. It's pretty straightforward. Um, top team, the Chiefs. Second team, I think it's the Ravens. Uh, the Chiefs really pretty much stood pat with what they did from last year, which makes sense. I mean, you won the Super Bowl, so you don't need to change what's – you know, fix what's not broken. Um, but the Ravens have made some good moves as well. Um, I think Lamar is going to improve on kind of what he did. Not that he's going to win the MVP again, but I think he's going to become a better passer, which is going to open up that offense more. And I think the defense has improved in terms of their additions through the draft. Um, even the offense, they got a little bit more explosive as well. So I think they're, they're in that contention for this. the two seed, um, possibly the one, depending on how, how they, they shake out. Um, now, when it comes to potential dark horse for that, that's where it gets a little bit shaky looking, looking at the, uh, the teams out here. Um, there's not really for me too many other ones want to separate themselves from the pack like those two up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking, like, I mean, maybe you can take the Steelers, you can, or if you were like, oh, well, you can't ever count the Patriots out or what, or something like that. But for me, it's kind of tough to have a for sure one that I want to say, okay, this, this team is going to make that run. If I had to pick one though, I, I guess I would say the Bills, because the Bills actually uh-huh. look promising. So, <laughs> so we'll see what goes, what goes with them, but um the top two ones i think are solidified and then we have to wait and see how it shakes out when they start battling to see who's going to be that potential dark horse so
0: who fills out the rest of your four
1: uh rest of the four i really haven't even thought about that just because it's so these, these a lot of these teams are kind of just like all in this in it's the same the same together for me right now they don't want to separate themselves mm-hmm. so i mean i can take a i can take a guess at some of them in there but I guess I think we can wait for that later. I guess to see how it goes. But those are my top two, in the Dark Horse, which was the original question. it as you start filling in the rest of them for no reason, so oh. if you're going to say on what we said, the format, but you do I your know. own. I mean, it's your show. You can do what you want. You can call it Audible, but that was the original question. <laughs> you right in the Dark Horse. You are right. So I'll, <laughs>
0: I'll stick to for the AFC because I do feel like the AFC after the top after my three is really bungled up together. Um, definitely the Chiefs and Interra- the Chiefs and the Ravens, one or two. Um, Either way, Um, actually no, Chiefs. I would say guaranteed number one. The Ravens is where I kind of debated on with my dark horse. I do feel like the Steelers be able to sneak in there in that division, Um, only because like that with big with Big Ben coming back, I feel like they have that stable back there, and and they're kind of hungry coming off of last year too. And so I kind of feel like uh, they can win. They they take that number two spot from the Ravens if uh, in because they're in the same division. and then, like you said, I've agreed with the Bills being a dark horse as well. So that's that's after after the Chiefs and the Ravens, like it kind of gets boggled up. And so, um, I, like the Bills is very—I mean—they surprised a lot of teams last year. And the um, Steelers, I feel like with being, big Ben back behind the center, behind the yeah, behind the center will help them out too. Um, which I'm mm-hmm. uh, so I'm actually surprised that you didn't mention Tennessee. And um, I as well don't have Tennessee as a dark horse. Um, and then um, you mentioned about the Patriots. You know, sometimes some people never count them out. Um, I love Cam Newton, and um, I hope he has. A, I hope I hope he has an amazing season this year. Um, just have to see. And so I, don't, I just don't consider them being a dark horse. Really, I consider them being. A, they could be a playoff team. I don't consider them being a dark horse for the for the top two seeds out of that. So I'll keep that. I won't give you my full playoff prediction for the AFC because, like I said, it's too mungled up. It's <laughs> too mungled up. <laughs>
1: Now nah, it's should be interesting though. I'm, I'm looking forward to these matchups though because you really, you really can't tell or you don't have too good a prediction of of who's gonna be the top ones, except for those ones in the AFC. So aside from that, it's gonna be interesting how it shakes out. So okay. we'll see how it goes, man. But like I'm you said, we to... have football starting,
0: so we should be good to go for now, man. Like like you said, they're so they're traveling with COVID, so that's gonna. I, I don't like that, but I mean. That's y'all y'all touched on that on the weekend to take. I forgot what episode number it was, but y'all touched on that, how the NFL response with COVID tests and all that stuff. So make sure scroll through the weekend to take uh podcast and find the how the boys predicted how, how they rated the NFL on their COVID response and
1: preparedness. Um and with the plug. Appreciate hey, the plug, man. man. There you go, bro.
0: I gotta I got, yeah. a pl- I got a plug the seniority, you know. We get in take the senior. I'm I'm a I'm a junior. I'm a I'm a squirrel in <laughs> y'all's world, man. That's what that's what it is.
1: <laughs> why do you lo- why do you love that scene <laughs>
0: <laughs> you love that scene <laughs> episode 26 episode 26 ladies and gentlemen you see ladies um we talked on this last week and you got me you kind of put me on the grill um with a uh, happy bro yeah. you didn't you didn't kind of you, you put me on the grill uh with uh, jerry jones uh stance on the protest and you, got, you made me uh hold, you helped me to my own accountability and, um making me and you help it makes me hold Jerry to his own accountability. Um, but Jerry, since the time of our last podcast, has came out and said that he's gonna um uh, stand with his players no matter what decision they make. Um, they have the green light to protest during the anthem. they have uh, and multiple players that came out and said, Yeah, we're we'll going to kneel, or um, and some players said, Hey, they're going to players go kneel, some players go stand. But one thing, we're, one thing for sure, we will have each other's back no matter what we do. Um, so I'm glad Jerry. Uh, has changed his stance on the protest. Um like again, like we talked last week, we don't need Jerry to we don't need Jerry to be we don't want him to be do, we, we don't necessarily need him to be marching with us. We don't necessarily need right. him to be at the speech at the rallies making a keynote speech. Um, we necessarily don't need away. We necessarily don't need him on the field to kneel with with team players senior. We just need you to be able to understand that the protest is not for, not against the military not against uh, patriotism not against that it's not it's not against uh, the pride in the country of the American flag is it's against police brutality and the and a discourse of African American people um, in this country and so um, how do I was excited to see that, and I'm happy that Jerry did change his stance. So I didn't have to put him on the grill like I did Drew Brees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm thank you. I thank you for holding me to my own accountability last week as well, brother. So hey, if I got to put on the grill sometimes, put me on the grill. If anybody's gonna put me on the grill, I'll be happy as one of
1: YouTube. So <laughs> yeah, man. Like I say, you know, I I got your back, man. I, I understand how it goes when when you're a fan. Or when you like someone, or you're a friend of somebody, or anything like that, you should give them like a little more leeway than My other people. Brees, but, man, cause well, I was a
0: fan of Drew. I was a fan of Drew. Big fan of Drew. You're you're
1: you're a fan of him, but if it was Dak Prescott or Drew Brees, quarterback for the Cowboys, probably more leeway than what you gave him for that. Well, yeah. So that's see. what I'm saying. Like when you actually have, have more invested into him, like you feel like he's probably like your family or like on your actual squad or something, then you will give him more leeway. But for certain topics, certain situations, certain things that are going on, you have to kind of just there can't be any leeway at all, which was yeah. the case for this. Um, so I think we we, I mean, we saw the outcry from the fans talking about it from the players. They kind of were, you know, upset that he took that stance on it. Um, so I kind of assumed at some point they would kind of come around to it because either, even other teams in the league were already saying that they're going to allow their players to protest. Yeah. So they kind of be like, okay, now the league's kind of divided. So the league kind of seemed like they kind of are okay with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, but still, I, I still can't say that. I still have to say that I'm happy that he came out and said it that they officially have announced that, yeah, you know, we're going to all the players do demonstrate if they want to. You just, it's their right to do it, and we're not going to send in their way. Um, knowing that, of course, it's going to irk some fans. I've already seen, like, a different message board people, like, oh, well, I'm done with the NFL. I think, like, Eric um, Air, Air Trump or whatever was saying that he's done with the NFL. He's going yeah. to never watch it or something. It not sure he's right the biggest uh, fan or anything.
0: He said that right after uh, Jerry went on the uh, 105 went off the radio um, and said what he like, he's gonna allow his players to do what they feel as, as far as protesting. He went off right off that, He even uh, uh tagged the or subtweeted the um, or retweeted whatever you call it the uh, radio uh, line about that. So I was like, really? I was like, dude, like if you. So it's. <laughs> The well, if, if you think about
1: it, if, if you think about it, so the people now are not going to watch basketball because they protested, and are am not going to watch the NFL hard. because they protested. They hard. might not watch baseball because they protested. So it's still like, hard. oh man, I guess it's looking really good for college football right now. The NCAA is about to come up, come up, all come up golden. <laughs> Because no one's going to watch any sports except college sports because you're not out there during the National Anthem for college sports. So yeah. I guess a lot of people are just not going to watch sports going forward for the rest of their lives or after the election's over, they'll go back to watching sports or something. Exactly. I was, we'll I'm see probably, how it plays out. <laughs> it was funny because
0: when I saw it, I was like, Eric Trump, no one cares about you, bro. Like, go, go somewhere. <laughs> it's like, I mean, like, you're not your daddy. Get out of here. Like, you're just following suit, whatever. I didn't Well, get, I don't I mean, really care about Donald
1: either, but. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he doesn't either. have the
0: – when you say when, if Donald Trump will say it, like it's different because he's the president of the United States, uh y'all didn't see my is video. it
1: is it different though? It, is it different it though? Bro, well, I gotta put okay. you back on the grill, man. He's been no, saying crazy stuff left and right. Not, <laughs> no, I'm like, saying right. like it's still it's Derek, still wrong. Derek like, five the grill for me, Derek. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm playing
0: the problem. Let me get my point out real quick. Because it's different because Donald Trump represents America and the, it's supposed to represent the America, the president's supposed to represent the American Constitution at all times and so when the president goes against the constitution of freedom of speech it has more more carry than eric trump even though he's the son He'll you know, has more carry than him saying going against the protests and stuff like that that's how that's what i meant by it and so uh,
1: yeah but but my thing is he's already been so outspoken since the initial thing of the nba doing it's like oh the nba they're doing this like they're disgraceful they should go out of business now you're saying the NFL is going to go out of business. So you've said this up before, but I don't think either are going out of business. Uh, neither so are. Basically, yeah, basically in America right now, it's so polarized that basically if you already don't support Black Lives Matter, you probably weren't, weren't going to support what they're doing in NFL or the NBA or any sports okay. anyways. And I don't think even if like Eric Trump's like, yeah, okay, I'll watch the games, that's going to change anybody's mind because they already chose their size for, for this year or for however long. So basically, people have already picked, picked their sides of the line and who's going to watch is going to watch, who isn't, was already not going to watch. So that's about all that it is. Um, I think for a for long-term effect, though, I really don't see it affecting too much long-term because I think once things kind of die down and things change, they kind of go back to the, the status quo. Um, but yeah, for right now, though, kind of getting back on topic, though, so I think we kind of want to talk about what are they going to do in terms of their protests. And I think it's going to be maybe a mix of some players are going to be kneeling during the anthem. Um, I can definitely see some that, that maybe decide they want to stand, or maybe hold hands, maybe hold a fist or something. Um, I can see Jerry Jones either being down there with them or in the box, and I'm sure he'll be standing and such, which is fine. Um, but as long as the ones who do want to demonstrate are allowed to do that and have support and they're still like a team when they do it, then, then that's fine, too. I'm not sure if every player should be required to have to do one or the other it would probably be better if they're allowed to choose and kind of go forward from there. Yeah, um, okay. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think they, they're going to be doing with that? If they
0: force a requirement, that total defeats the purpose of it. Um, and so, like like you said, they need to have the choice whether or not they want to kneel or whether or not they want to stand or whether or not they want to hold up a fist. And so one thing um, that you said last week that you touched on is like how the what the NFL is planning on doing for the end zones. I forgot what you said they are going to change a little bit on the end zones or have uh, the symbol on the field or something <laughs> like that.
1: They they had mentioned that they maybe want to do like decals on the helmets or somewhere on the jersey or something to where they you can put the names of some of the victims of police brutality on there. But I think it's gonna be like helmet decals or something that they that they were thinking about doing for that.
0: Even that, and so I just feel like the the fact that the NFL is allowing players and teams to be able to do something that they want to do for the movement, or a, do nothing if they feel like they don't want to if they feel like they don't want to do. It's like the fact that they have the players have the choice to do something is what I really like about it. Um, they're not trying to lay out this staple law of requirement or they're not going to fire them as, uh, or ban them from the league if they kneel on the national anthem. It's, it's like, hey, we understand what's going on in the world. We understand that you guys have a voice. We understand that you guys have a platform that many people don't. Um, so we're allowing you guys, we want you guys, not allow, we want you guys to use your platform for your protests, for your beliefs, for your stance. And so, use it so i'm actually excited about it um i do believe like you i feel like we'll see uh more nils um than standing um i do feel like i feel like we may have one or two teams the entire team nil. um i feel like they're going to take kind of take off the uh, nba when they have both teams nil. i i think we will see that too um there was this first week Uh, i'm not gonna say it's gonna be every game but i do feel like we probably see like maybe two games where we have both teams kneeling um, through, for the national anthem. Um, so it will be, of course, we'll have the tweets and all that. So we'll be updated immediately on who's, not, who's kneeling, who's not kneeling, who's standing, who's doing what. Um, but I do feel like we'll see a little bit of the NBA type of thing where we have uh, Both teams kneeling, coaching staffs, and even maybe a couple referees. I do. I wonder. Kind of interested to see what the referees will do because the NBA refs did something too. So wonder what the NFL refs will do this uh, during the game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as the some people say the second the game within the game uh, or the game before the game. uh, What's going to happen? And so um, I'm excited. I'm I'm interested. I'm into it. And so I'm. I'm glad I'm off this weekend so I can see what's going to happen. <laughs> so I'll be able to watch it. So I'm, 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 it's, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it for whatever, uh, protest that the teams and the players decide to do, um, for that. And what decals, if they're, if they do wear decals or, um, or what, um, signatures, what
1: designs on the shoes. Did you hear that? Okay. If y'all want to know what the little screen is, so, um, my, my wife, she had one of her best friends come in from, uh, Anchorage, Alaska. She be coming in today. So they're finally meeting in like, like a year. So that's the scream, the happy screams of two women embracing each other. And stuff. so I'm sorry, but I was like, uh, I, was like bro, pod, but. I was like,
0: bro, you need to go arm up. <laughs> I <was
1: like>. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, but yeah, so I, like you said, I'm, I'm excited for, uh, I'm excited. I'm Glad to see what, what's going to happen. And so um, I'm really interested to see what's cleat designs, because all the NBA do cleat uh, shoe designs. So I'm actually to see what designs some cleats come out to see. Because I'm pretty sure uh, OBJ, who's one of them, who will have a cleat design. Uh, maybe uh, uh, if Earl Thomas was, uh, I think he would have a cleat design. But uh, the safety out of oh Malcolm Jenkins would probably
1: have a cleat design, too. So I'm kind of seeing what we're going on from that point. Yeah, so. man. Um, so I think we're probably pretty solid for today. I do want to do touch on one thing real quick. Do you have anything that you want to touch on for quick? Because I have one thing uh, that's one, a real quick uh, shout out I want to do. Oh
0: uh, no, do your shout out, man. I think I got I, I I think know for sure I got this the thing down now. So I'm out. So you got I'm it? Excited. All right, yeah. So we
1: have a little time to get it right in your mind while I'm going cool, through this cool, real cool. quick. So a real quick shout out actually is it's a little, little different. So the shout out is actually for um, EA Sports, the Madden video game. So I know they've been getting a, a lot oh, of slack yeah. lately in terms of kind of the actual, Play of the game. They haven't been too, done too much for the franchise and stuff in terms of that uh, mode. Um, but recently, they made the decision to actually include Colin Kaepernick back into the game. Um, they actually brought him back with a pretty high rating. He's actually rated 81 just for some clever, some uh, see how that to other other quarterbacks in the game. So currently, Ryan Tannehill is at 80, Derek Carr is 79, Cam Newton is 78, Colin Murray is at 77, and Josh Allen is at 77. So they actually have rated higher than all of them currently in the game. But more than that, they actually had a statement about Colin Kaepernick and why they felt it was good for them to put him back into the game. So they actually put a statement out that Colin Kaepernick is one of the top free agents in football and a starting caliber quarterback. The team at ES Sports, along with millions of Madden NFL fans, want to see him back in our game. Um, so, yeah, basically, they're kind of making their stance. known. I mean, before they had already put up like the Black Lives Matter stuff on the game mm-hmm. when we first started. But now they're actually taking a stand in terms of kind of giving some support to Colin, getting his name back out there um kind of allowing people who still, you know, remember how he used to play and kinda long for him to get back into the league, at least get you know, a piece of that in fantasy world with simulation sports. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um pretty solid that they did that and put the same out as well. So I wanted to kinda mention that for them to kind of give them some praise, even though they kinda been getting killed for other stuff lately. But for them for that, that was pretty solid of them to do that.
0: Good shout out, man. Because I uh, ain't gonna lie, low key I try to add him onto my team in our fantasy league in uh Madden. So, <laughs> but he's not there. <laughs> no, he's not. We, hey, <laughs> what are <you> about? <laughs> I was like, oh you, you gotta update our roster and we gotta redo the draft. And i that. like, <laughs> which we're not gonna do. <laughs> so but I did I did try to get out there and grab him. But um, yeah, good shout-out, man. So um that's a good wrap up for week two. Uh, we'll come back week three uh with uh some uh, Cowboy Rams analysis, and again a, peek, a sneak peek into week two. Um, yeah, it's
1: like a football analysis. That's
0: gonna yeah. be fun. So we're having, we're we're having some more X's and O's. We feel like we'll be a little bit more fun, uh, a little bit more exciting. Uh, we got some segments now with the pocket watcher. Uh, we got uh, we've got a couple segments as well. We're gonna leave really that as a, as as Dr. would say, a little a little tease. We'll really leave that as a little tease for next week. And so, uh, again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, Trey Blanco, Ed White, the actual third. And now, speak to the people. Yeah, man. Good job, bro.
1: Yeah, peace out. Love y'all, man. Till next
0: time. Again, our producers always with us. DR Lewis, not third! Uh, right. to the third. The third
1: man for the pod. <laughs> All right.
0: Be blessed, people. Love. Peace. We out.
1: Out, baby.